So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas hi guys my name is ben hartley with six figure photography and i am super excited uh, to be sitting here with julia kelleher she is a like multi-international award-winning photographer julia is a master photographic craftsman uh -huh. by ppa mm -hmm. that, that title alone is like it's kind of cool isn't i it? know <laughs> I, like, I feel like oh my gosh like, ah. um you've seen her like countless times on creative live uh perhaps on her own education site as well um anyhow i'm just like super excited and her work is like freaking amazing like i don't know if you can see some of these portraits but just go to her website and like check it out I'll show you how to get there later. Um, You're hired. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, like, okay, so I'm a wedding photographer. Yeah. Yeah. And We're totally different. You, yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got started into um, into babies, portraiture, families. Well, you know, it's it's after the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I won't touch weddings with a 10-foot pole. You guys who do weddings, God bless you, because there's no way. I'll take the baby afterwards, but that's about it. Um Started off in TV news and, um, you know, kind of wanted to be a newspaper photographer early on and, and started shooting when I was really young, you know, 15 teenage years and um, got sucked into the, the world of TV news and went that direction and realized when it lost its luster that I wanted to go back to my first love of photography and so that's kind of how I did it and got out of TV news. And my sister actually does the exact same thing that I do. She does really? it in Southern California. She has Who's photos. better? <laughs> Can I ask? That? Is that okay? <laughs> I will say she is. Okay, I really okay. will. Nice you know, she's amazing. <laughs> um, it's funny because we're two totally different people. Yeah. And we run businesses in two totally different ways, but yeah. both businesses are successful. And yeah. it's really taught me that you, know, you don't have to follow a formula per se for mm -hmm. to do your business. You just have to do run a business based on your strengths on what yeah. you're good at. You know, yeah. if you're shy and introverted, that's okay. You can still have an amazing business if yeah. you're outgoing and forward thinking you can have an amazing business too so you know just being in this game with her has really taught me a lot but anyway she started the business first and so I said well if she can do it I can do it too <laughs> it's pretty much what happened yeah. and um, so I started my studio in late 2006 and here we are yeah. and my husband we start I started in Portland you know over the mountains three hours you know west of here and uh, my husband ended up proposing and we moved over here because he got relocated so six years ago yeah. I moved the studio here to Bend, and that's kind of how I ended up here awesome. and had to start over again, yeah. uh, but decided to specialize in newborn babies for a multitude of reasons. Um, one, I love them. Yeah. Number two, you don't have to work weekends. You wedding people are cray-cray, yeah. crazy. 
how you do it. Um, and, you know, I had my own baby, too, and my sister had another one. So yeah. it all kind of just added up to wanting to do newborns. It's, it's worked out great. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have a really successful business. Like, it's really successful. I walked in here, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this studio is incredible. Like, Thank you. It's really awesome. And so you were talking about, like, you played your strengths, and it's not necessarily this one way is, like, the turnkey, like, system yeah. that works every single time. No. So what are some of your strengths that have led you to the success that you've seen? I think the, well, everyone always asks me, you know, how do you do it? And there's not one smoking gun. I don't think, I think, you know, you know that too. But yeah. the biggest thing for me is persistence yeah. and perseverance and never taking no for an answer. Yeah. You know, if, if you fail at something or something goes wrong, there's always a solution. There's always a way around it. There's always a different path to take that will get you to the final result you want to get to. And you just have to find it. Mm -hmm. And I think we get really discouraged. Yeah. I mean, I call that voice on the side of your shoulder, George, you know, that just George. like picks at you and says yeah. you suck. Basically. Why is he a guy? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Mine's Sally. Like, <laughs> you don't win. Okay, I have sorry. no idea. No, that's a really good question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The, the voice in my head is male. Maybe, yeah. uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, Maybe I have daddy issues deep down or whatever. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, it's it's that critic in your head that constantly tells you, who constantly tells you, you suck, you yeah. can't do it. And when you have a failure, that voice gets really loud. And that's the critical point in your in your decision making where you have to go, okay, am I gonna listen to that voice? Yeah. Or am I gonna not take no for an answer and find a way around my problem and yeah. my and my my issue to find success? Yeah. And I think if you can get to the place in not only your confidence and your self-esteem, mm -hmm. but um, just be able to step back from yourself and like look at your flaws yeah. and want to fix them. Yeah. And if you have that kind of attitude and mentality, then you'll get pretty much anywhere you want to go. And I know that's speaking on really broad-based general terms and not like the smoking gun, here's step-by-step how to make a business work. Sure. But um, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to that perseverance and really just never taking no for an answer and always saying, you know what, I can't solve this problem. Something's going wrong. I know I can fix it. I know yeah. I can find a, res a solution. Yeah. And that's what really good entrepreneurs do. They find a solution to their problem no matter what the issue and no matter what the hurdles. Yeah. I mean, I relate. This is a, like a similar idea, but like I feel like the times when I am like most uh, kind of uncomfortable are the times that I feel like I'm on like the right track. Like as soon as things yeah. just start feeling like, okay, yeah, we're good. Like, like I don't know. Like, I feel control. like success comes through like discomfort and like oh, putting yeah. yourself out there and problem solving. And like you just said, not taking no. Just like yeah. when I'm like shooting a wedding and I'm like freezing in the winter and I'm like, I'm out here, I'm doing this. Like <laughs> this is going to make it. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, I just keep reminding myself of totally. like, yeah. As, a, as a, a business owner, you can never get in cruise control. Yeah. Don't ever let your business get in cruise control. Because mm -hmm. that, when, that, when that happens, the competitor's gonna come in and nab, and nab your business. Yeah. You know, if you just skate along and cruise control, things are going well or whatever, and that's the kiss of death. Yeah. You know? So my sister is a florist here mm -hmm. in Bend, Oregon. And an amazing one, I might amazing. add. So a native bloom. But like, I was just spending time with her last night she got up at two in the morning to drive to Portland to go hand pick her flowers because she had to be there at like four for like the best pick. And I'm like, Madison, can't you just like have them shipped? She's like, well, I could. Then I won't get like the best light and they might be a little wilted and they just won't be like quite as perfect and I need them wow. to like, be able to touch them. And I'm like, that's like, that's your meaningful difference. That's what's separating you from everybody mm -hmm. else. And that is 
attention to detail. Hell, but it's like yeah, that's why people hire you. It's attention you know? to detail. Yeah, personal touch, yeah. personal involvement. Yeah, and it's gonna make a difference for her business. Like people will take notice yeah. of that. Yeah, and she's an artist, and I think her business relates so well to ours. Is yeah. that we're artists too, and everything we do is created with our own hearts, heads, and hands. Yeah. And if we aren't actively involved in that process, then how can we expect our clients to? be f as fully invested into the work if we're not as fully invested. Sure. And that's something that I feel like has stood out to me about your own work is that like I see a lot of like portrait photographers, newborn photographers, baby photographers. I just had, I have a little girl, she's nine months. She's so and I cute. was looking, I was looking for like the most <laughs> amazing portrait photographer in my area. And like, I guess something that has stood out to me is that like touch that like, I don't feel like you're just like, shooting but there's like an artwork that's happening mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit more about that yeah well first of all i truly believe in having there's a couple things that, that that go into play it's your personal style and your own sense of visual aesthetic what mm -hmm. do you love to look at what do you you know i have a very distinct style it took years to develop and so people mm -hmm. who are just starting out be patient with yourself because it's it's not something that just comes like that it takes a while to develop can i actually pause on that yeah and, go and for I know it just don't forget where you're going, but okay. like, I've had people ask me just like today and I was like thinking about the answer, but they were like, how do I develop my style? And I'm so sorry to like sidetrack you. No, no, it's okay. But like, I have my answer to that, but I want to hear what you would say to somebody who's like, I'm starting out and I'm trying to find my way. How, how do I like find my style? You know what? And this is just like a really nutty thought, but it worked for me. I made a Pinterest board. Yeah. And I went on Pinterest, and as girls, it's really easy to do. And guys, you could totally do. You can do a Pinterest board. You can do board. a Pinterest board too. It tends to be stereotyped, you know. That's that's I why know. I say. But anyway, <laughs> go on Pinterest and just start pinning things you love. It can be a scene. It can be home decorating. It can be a plate of food. I mean, whatever you love. But try to organize it by color, texture, and composition. Yeah. So, like, if you go onto my Pinterest board, I have. I have tons of boards, number one, but I have like fine art. I have certain types of styles of painting. I have my branding inspiration board. I have all kinds of things on there that I love that are organized into general groups. So I always tell people start making by making a swipe file. And Pinterest is a great place to do that. But um, another place to, to go is googleartproject.com. Hmm. Um, Google basically has an online museum where they have amassed artworks, high-resolution artworks from museums around Ooh. the world. And you, being an old painter, would love this. Yeah, it's awesome. And so like, you can go into the Musée d'Orsay in Paris and look at Monet's paintings oh. online. And so what I do is I screenshot <laughs> and <laughs> swipe. Control shift for <laughs> What I love, you know, and I put it into a folder. And, and just instinctively, just if you love it, put it in a folder. Yeah. And what you'll start to see is patterns develop of imagery that you love. Yeah. And I strongly suggest stay away from the photography world. Yes, um, thank you for saying that. I'm so glad you agree. Yeah. I, like, I really. <laughs> it, and I found my style by looking at art, by looking at home decoration magazines. Yeah. I will go, you know, I have certain companies that I love restoration hardware. If I could make my entire home restoration hardware, I would. Notice that yeah, too. I mean, it's you can just like walk in here, and it, granted, I can't afford anything from restoration hardware, yeah. but I try to emulate it, yeah. you know, knockoffs. But I love that look, and so the restoration hardware catalog is something I would swipe, yeah. if that makes sense. So, to find your style, look visually for things that you love in worlds outside photography, home decoration, art, mm -hmm. sculpture, even like 
your different cities and towns have feels that yeah. you might love. Like yeah. I love Portland because it has an industrial warehouse yeah. trendy feel. Whereas San Francisco has a Victorian classic feel. Yeah. You know, so these different cities, different towns, different places, different scenery, different you know, mountains versus coast. What do you love mm -hmm. visually and in your heart? What sings to you? Yeah. And when you find that and start like just storing that in little folders or on your Pinterest board or whatever, you'll start to see a pattern. Yeah. And then what you'll discover is certain things always hit you a little harder than others. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you'll note to yourself, wow, I can create work that has the same feeling to it. Mm -hmm. Same color tones, same texture, same styles of composition, et cetera, et cetera. And same posing. And when I say posing, you know, obviously I'm doing babies, but if you look at my babies, you think to yourself, wow, that could probably hang on the walls of somebody who has a restoration hardware house. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, so that'll kind of help you start to feel out your style. And then once you find it, stay true to it. Yeah. Don't wander too much. And the temptation is huge. Oh, tell me about it. I mean, you'll see some really famous photographer come out with this gorgeous image. You're like, I want to do that. That's so awesome. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, try it just to learn the technique or the yeah. skill, but don't own it until you know for sure that it's you. Yeah. And so let it marinate on your hard drive for a little while and just sit there. <laughs> and so cop I always say, steal like an artist, copy what you love to learn the technique. Yeah. But then start stealing pieces. Yeah. Like um, if you love Monet's color palette, steal his color palette for your images. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So look at the artworks that you love or the styles you love and then just start taking pieces from it and making it your own. Yeah. You have to copy to learn the technique, yeah. but once you're done copying, of course, of course we don't want to like in plagiarize other people's work, sure. but once you're done copying, then you start stealing. Good artists copy, great artists steal. Yeah. Nothing is new under the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing is new. So it's just a matter of stealing from what those behind us have done, those in the past, yeah. and moving it forward into the future into something different that's unique in you. And you'll feel it come as you go. Yeah. And the more, true to you, the more true you are to your own sense of visual aesthetic and appeal, the easier that's going to come to you. And it just takes time. But eventually, I look at some, I look at, you know, like an idea. I'm like, oh, I love it, but it's not me. Yeah. Or I see a prop that I want to buy. Oh, it's cute, but it's not me. Yeah. So you'll start to feel that happen as you get more and more solid in your own style. And once you get there, just stay true to it. And of course, you know, artist styles do mold and grow and change as time goes on. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is not to bounce around like a ping pong ball. Yeah. You know, stay consistent and then let it kind of evolve as your own personality, life circumstances, life experience changes. Yeah. You know, going from this idea of photography to art is kind of what I wanted to do just to differentiate. Because, I'm sorry, but there are so many newborn photographers out there. We are a dime a freaking dozen. Yeah. And so the only way to become unique and have that unique selling point was to create products and a style of work that my clients couldn't create. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I decided to do that was to take it from just an image to art. Yeah. So not only do I hope to accomplish that in actually snapping the shutter, but also in the product that we produce for them after the fact. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge believer in the print. Do I sell digital files? You betcha. My clients wouldn't come to me if I didn't sell digital files because yeah. it's the it's the target market I'm dealing yeah. with. You know, women who are 20 to 35 years old sure. having babies, they expect but digital files. A key, a key word there is sell. 
the digital. Oh yes. Just, oh yeah. Yes. I want to like hone in on that for a second. Oh not give away, yes. Sell the digital. Okay. And, and we'll I talk about that in a yeah, minute. and I sell them for a decent amount of money sure. too. Yeah. But they have to buy some art too. Yeah. I want them to print, mm -hmm. and when they re when we educate them well enough to to help them understand that a digital file is not archival. They're actually doing research studies right now at major universities to figure out how to make electronic documents archival. Scientists are seriously worried that this era is gonna become the next dark ages where a history of humanity is lost. Sure. Because, you know, a Word document, a JPEG, PST, it's all corruptible. Yeah. It's, you cannot archive an electronic file, no matter whether it's a, a Word document created or an image or a TIFF, it doesn't matter. So. They are doing research studies right now at major universities to try to figure out how to make electronic files archival. Right now, the safest place for any document is in print, yeah. on paper. So I kind of scare my clients and yeah. I say, you know what? You can try to back these up multiple times, change the drive every five years, yada, yada, yada. But really, we have no idea if this stuff is archival and I can always make a new digital negative from a print. Yeah. I cannot print from a corrupted file. So that educates them into understanding that the print is truly the only solid, long-lasting product that they're going to get. Mm -hmm. So I almost treat the digital files as if they're secondary, like yeah. they're crap. Absolutely. You know, this yeah. is just, okay, you want these? Great. Have them. Yeah. And you're going to pay for them because the, the value comes in the ability to print them over and over and over again because it's a lost opportunity cost for me. The mm -hmm. minute I sell the file, I can't make any money off of it anymore. Yeah. But at the same time, Encouraging them to print and you know setting up our pricing structure so that they have to print uh, really has helped us kind of hone in on that idea that the print is what is valuable, not the digital file. Yeah. What are some techniques that you use to help to educate your clients on just understanding that value? Well, number one, beat them over the head with a baseball bat multiple <laughs> yeah. times. With a book, actually. With a printed, <laughs> with a leather two-inch Fineo album. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Crystal cover. Totally. Oh, crystal cover. Yeah. That's a good one. The metal cover might be even the better. The metal maybe not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. But anyway, no, it's, we have a, um, when I say beat them over the head, both, it's, to me, it has to be three touch points, visual, audio, and and holding. Yeah. So I uh, tell them, mm -hmm. you know, to get the audio. I we have brochures that talk strictly about digital file education. Yeah. Like this is how you what you need to know about digital files. Yeah. Print not only instructions on printing and how to deal with that, but also on their fragile nature. Yeah. Um, and I then. I would love to see that. By the way. Yeah, I'm happy <laughs> to show you. And then I also have them fill out questionnaires and information about what they plan to do with their digital files yeah. and how they're going to print, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I make them learn it. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, you're an instructor, you're a teacher, so am I. Students really only learn things if you hit all the senses. Yep. So I make my clients hit all the senses too mm -hmm. and, and multiple times so that they go, oh yeah, okay, I need to print, I need to print. Mm -hmm. And the other thing we just started doing is we started producing people who do the high-res files with us we're sending them home with a proof box and their USB. So they have a printed image, a printed copy of each image yeah. along with their digital um, USB. And so I know at least there's a record. There's a printed record of those images. Yeah. And that's worked out. And not only has it um, you know, given me that security that, okay, they, they have something printed, mm -hmm. but it also is upsold because we only sell this with the large files, which in turn, you know, increases our, our profits and our average on, on each sale. Yeah. So it's been a really good upselling tool. Yeah, that's awesome. So I feel like a lot of 
photographers are kind of like intimidated by this whole thing. I mean, what we just talked about there, like yeah. the excuses that I hear are like, um, well, I don't really have time to deal with all that. Like I don't have time mm -hmm. to make a print. I don't have time to make an album. Um, yeah. Or I don't have time to uh, like sit down and, and do some sort of sales meeting. Meet with a client. Or yeah. it's just like terrifying. Like what, what the hell do I say? <laughs> like, ah, buy something. Totally. Like, please buy something. Will you buy something? Like, I, that's how people, you know what I mean? But you have to think about it. It is scary because sure. you're putting your heart into your art. Yeah. You're putting your soul and your entire identity into that image. Yeah. And then I'm basically saying, hey, Ben, you want to buy me? Uh, sure. What is that worth to you? Yeah. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm handing you an image and saying, what's this worth? I put my heart and soul into that. Mm -hmm. What is that worth to you as a consumer? Yeah. I'm basically saying, pay for my heart. Yeah. In a nutshell, pay for my self-worth. And, and it, so your images have a huge self-worth attachment to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's scary about being an artist and being able to sell your own art is that you're like, this has my identity attached to it. I'm basically yeah. asking people to pay for that. Sure. Which is enormously scary. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it just comes from doing it over and over again is you, you almost separate yourself from your work when you're in the, you know, this is my sales room actually. My clients actually sit here on the sofa. Yeah. My projector is up above us and the screen comes down right there and, and we, I sell from this room. Yeah. Um, and so the products are all displayed to kind of attract the client into printing. And, you know, as far as time goes, I... Once you start doing it, guys, you will seriously get it down to a science. Yeah. My ordering appointments last an hour, hour and a half at the most. Mm -hmm. They come in, I'm, the key is preparing them. So you plant the seed of the sale before they ever come in. Mm -hmm. So by the time they sit in this sofa here, they pretty much know what they're gonna buy. They mm -hmm. know what they want, they know where they're going, and they know where their budget is. Sure. And in doing so, it makes this just kind of an ordering appointment, not really a selling appointment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, the joy, people who sell, you know, photographers who sell online, you are missing half the joy yeah. of this process. Because when I sit here and get to watch their reaction to the images, that is like my greatest satisfaction. Yeah. That is the best part, yeah. is seeing how much they love and enjoy them. And to me, that makes it all worthwhile doing. Whereas if I sold online, I wouldn't get to see those reactions. Yeah. Secondly, selling online, I'm sorry, it takes so much friggin' time. It, uh, uh, they we proof their images, they come, they sit here, it's an hour and a half at the most, they go home, we order their product, bam, it's, it's done. Two hours, max, everything's finished. Mm -hmm. With online order, you have all this back and forth, they won't order, you gotta re-upload the gallery, all this time goes by, you gotta wait two weeks for them to figure out what the heck they want. Yeah. I mean, back and forth, yada, yada. Tear my head off, yeah. no thank you. We insist that every order is placed here, every album, everything is all done at this appointment. Mm -hmm. So that when they leave, it's finished, it's complete. And my clients actually, you know, we have had people ask for online galleries and turn them down. Yeah. And then they come in here and do this process like, wow, it's done. Yeah. That was so easy. It's a service. It would have, exactly. Yeah. It would have taken me so much longer to be at home doing that. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but we are not a retail industry. I yeah. do not have inventory here. It's custom work, it's a service-oriented business, and that is the key word, service-oriented business, yeah. which means customer service is 50% of your product. Yeah. That's your product. Mm -hmm. We sell an experience, we sell emotion. We do not sell the piece of paper that the image is printed on. Yeah. We sell the emotion and the experience that comes with that. It's just like going on vacation. You go on vacation, you take snapshots, right? Sure. Why? 
It's, it's right there. Yeah, but why do you take the snapshots? To okay. remember it, I guess. Yeah, to remember the experience of being on vacation. Yeah. Because every time you look at those photographs of being on vacation, oh yeah, we went to so and so. It was so much fun. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah. that's why you have photographs so you can go back to that time period. Yeah. It's the same thing with us. Yeah. When they look at the images that you produce for them, they're going to remember the experience. Mm -hmm. And that's so. So your product is customer service yeah. along with the art pieces that you sell to your consumers and the digital files for that matter. Yeah, it, all, it all adds up. So. And so uh, a couple of thoughts that come to mind as we're talking about like leading up to like this uh, in-person like post sales meeting after the shoot that I feel like uh, are critical for success and not just success for like, um, like monetary success, but even just like for making it like easy on your heart and not this awkward thing and, and like yeah. uh, an uncomfortable situation. And so, yeah, Pre-consultation meeting yep. is huge, and I want mm -hmm. to hear your thoughts on that. And then as well, I think showing images, like, or, or rather not showing images, like like keeping keeping the presentation of those files, like, for this moment. Oh, yeah. Like, not just blasting them all online in these, like, huge galleries of Facebook, like, the day after, and be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about those two things. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, let's do the pre-consultation. Yeah. I talked earlier about planning the seat of the sale. It's so important. And honestly, Ben, I don't do in-person pre-consultations anymore. No. No. And a lot of people think I'm crazy for doing that. But you have to consider my target market. Okay. I'm dealing with a mom who's pregnant. Mm -hmm. If she books before she gives birth. Yeah. That's the easy one. <laughs> I was just about to say. Yeah, what do you do afterwards? <laughs> yeah, if they book after the baby's born, yeah. they can't come in here no for, for no an way. appointment. Yeah. So it's all done over the phone and it's done through questionnaire. Nice. But that phone call is critical. That's where everything is sold. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, I can hear the photographers out there going, oh my God, I can't talk on the phone. <laughs> and I get it. But if you have a phone script that you've done in advance that you can at least kind of guide yourself, obviously you're not going to follow it the same for every single client because yeah. it'll, it'll wander off. But if you have an idea of the topics that you need to present, mm -hmm and where you need to go with it. And if you sell the experience, they're gonna wanna book it. Yeah. And if your work is has that unique quality to it, and you're, you know, you're, gonna, you're gonna get clients. And so we do the pre-consultation mainly on the phone and in the questionnaire. So we send them a questionnaire when they book, and then they fill out, the, it's the same information we talked about on the phone, you know, beat them over the head with the crystal album is pretty much what we're doing, <laughs> the crystal baseball bat for lack of a better word. Um, so by the time they come in, they have a general idea of what they want to do for the session. Mm -hmm. The product, not like how the session looks. We control everything when it comes to how the session looks. Mm -hmm. But as far as what they want to do with the images after the fact, they have a basic idea for that. And I always say to them, you know, if you want to do an album, you need to tell me in advance because we shoot differently for albums than we do for wall portraits. Mm. So we need to know that before we start shooting your session. Yeah. So there's been a soft commitment already. So sure. if they say, yeah, we really want to do a book or album, great, then I'm going to shoot for that. So I'm going to invest all this time and energy. I'm going to do the work for it. That means when you get your butt down on this sofa right here, we're doing an album. Yeah. And if do they renege on me? Once in a blue new, m moon. Yeah. But for the most part, like, yeah, we want to do an album. We sit here, we do their album. And it's kind of, like I said, it's a soft sell. It's just an ordering appointment at that yeah. point. Yeah. So the pre-consultation is, don't get me wrong, it is critical. Mm -hmm. You cannot do a session without a pre-consultation. But I don't think you necessarily have to do them all the time in person. Um, and I think it just depends on your, your, your clientele and what they're capable of. And I think providing exemplary customer service trumps doing a pre-consultation in person, yeah. if that makes sense. So, you know, we do them on the phone and online, and that works for us. Mm -hmm. 
you have to do one, just play around with it a bit and see what works for you and, and stick with something for a few weeks or for you know five or six clients and see if one method works better over another and then go for it. Yeah. And as far as presenting images outside the studio before the sales appointments occurred, I, we just don't do it. I mean, yeah. period. End of statement. Nothing leaves the studio without being paid for. That's crazy. It's as simple that's, as that. That's so crazy. But, you know, I, I mean, why though? Why is that crazy? Because it's my product. If the minute they see that, I have released my product out there without being paid for. Okay, so I, let's say, let's rewind for a minute and yeah. unpack that a little bit further. So sure. I've got my nine-month-old, month I come in, we do a session with you, Yeah. Um, and I want to go on Facebook. I just want to see this, the first look that you put up. It's not there, is it? It won't happen until after you see them first. Okay. All of them. Yeah. Like the ones we're going to present to you. Yeah. You would, so two weeks after the session, you would come back and sit your bottom on this sofa sure. and we would show them to you on your projection screen. That's the first time you will see the images. Yeah. That's it, period. Yeah. And after you leave and you've per made your purchase, mm -hmm. then purchased images we will, we will release on Facebook mm -hmm. online. But I'm so strict about that because, you know, you seeing the images for the first time here, that's your emotional connection to them. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen one beforehand, you're not going to have the same emotional connection to them here. Yeah. And um, like I said, I don't sell you the piece of paper or the electronic file format. I sell what that looks like, yeah. the and image, the emotional attachment to that image. Yeah. And the experience then is so much greater. Like, oh, yeah. Like sitting down and actually like seeing them with like my wife right next to my side, like full screen, and you oh, get yeah. to like darken the lights, control the environment, set the mood. Oh like. yeah, there's a box of tissues there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. That's always full because, yeah. you know, I'd say 50% of my clients tear up and start crying and that's that's such a huge compliment. But they wouldn't do that had they seen even just one beforehand because yeah. that impact, and we as photographers don't understand that impact because we don't ex experience it. We get to see them the whole process because we're taking them. Mm -hmm. But for the client, it's a completely different different experience of how that happens for sure. and so we have to respect that and use it to our advantage yeah there's another photographer i really respect his name is john michael cooper yeah uh, he's out of vegas you're familiar i am he's familiar. incredible um but i love the description that he gives he says he, he like compares uh this our images to like food and like going out at a restaurant and if you like uh, whenever you put images out online right on yeah. facebook it's like eating an appetizer but if you keep getting an appetizer like more and more pictures, uh, yeah. more and more food. Oh, that's a great By analogy. the time dinner arrives, like you just don't want to order anything. You're like, nah, I've actually already had my fill. Totally. I've experienced this. Like, oh, that's such a great analogy. Maybe I'll have like a side salad. And they, you lose the sale, right? It's per That's a perfect analogy. Yeah, it was incredible. When he said that, I was like, oh, bring, bring, bring. <laughs> yeah, I love you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, he hit the nail on the head. That's yeah. a great analogy. I might use that. Yeah, it's really good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's just like, yeah, the, it's a huge game changer. I think that's going to be really hard, though, candidly, for a lot of photographers to swallow because we, we're artists. We want that validation. I take an amazing oh, picture totally. and, like, immediately I edit it right away. And I want to get it on Facebook, and I want to see how many likes it gets, and how many comments oh, yeah. it gets. I want to see how many shares. You I don't think I mean? that ever changes, no matter how long you've been in the industry, especially yeah. when your heart's attached to an image that you sure. really love. Sure. But just be patient. Wait. It's yeah. two weeks. You can do it. Okay, it's yeah. not that hard. And you'll still get the validation. You'll, you'll still you get will. The likes, you'll still get the shares. Exactly. Honestly, you may even get a few more. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and you're, actually, you make a really great point then, because 
at that point, the family will have seen the images and they'll be raving about it to their family members, which in turn makes the viral nature of what you do release after the fact even that much greater because they're going to want to show that to all their family and friends. They've just seen it. They're still on the emotional high from seeing all the images in the sales room. So then when you release one or two, that wildfire word of mouth is going to be more impactful after the sale than it will be beforehand. Yeah. That's so. awesome. You brought up the idea that there are objections that you have to face continually, um, especially in regards to like print, in regards to the digital files, oh, yeah. uh, even just coming in to view. Um, people want to like take stuff and stew on it for a little bit. Can yeah. you just think about this? Can you send me yeah. the images so I can think? Like, how do you handle some of those common objections? And maybe I'll give you a, uh, like, sure. a, a couple you, of them. You know, uh, put me on the spot. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So, yeah, here we I go. Let's it. pretend like I'm a client. Okay. So, <laughs> with jewels, like, I'm paying you already, like, to create these images. It's super easy. You have the digital files. Like, I'm already giving, like, why can't you just, why can't I have those? You already have them. Why can't I have them? Well, then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We offer the digital files at the investment level that we do because um, you will have unlimited personal printing rights for the life of the file and the life of the family of generations that come after you. So what that means is you'll be able to print these images as much as you like. And us as a studio, we have a lost opportunity cost that comes into play when we offer the digital files. So once we sell those digital files to you, we can no longer profit off them at all, off the creation that we have have created. So you know that's why they're priced the way they are. But as far as just just giving them to you, unfortunately, we can't do that because we do have overhead costs and employees, and this is the product that we are providing to you. So um, digital files come with the investment they do because you receive that unlimited ability to print for them and also because we have a lost opportunity cost that comes with that and we can never sell the file to you again. Yeah. That's one of the tougher ones. Yeah, it's a tough one. And sometimes the truth hurts. Yeah. So Do you people ever get just somebody say who says like so you're like just holding them hostage for like a cost. So n- like, um if someone said that to me, yeah. I'd probably freaking kick them out of my studio and say, don't ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, if someone like, accused me of holding their images, that's no one's ever done that. Yeah. But if someone accused me of holding their images hostage, I would say, well, you know, the product that we provide to you is the digital file. Yeah. So if um, just because it's of you doesn't mean it's something that belongs to you immediately. If you went into Nordstrom's and bought a dress that had your picture on it, you wouldn't necessarily expect them to just give you that dress because of what your picture happens to be on it. You would have to pay for the dress and the creation of that imagery onto the medium that it's printed on. So, you know, I can't just provide you with a digital file for free as Mm -hmm. something I'm holding hostage because that's what our business foundation is built on. That's what we create. You're investing in the um, education that I've received, my talent and skill and ability. You're investing in the time we've put into you know, creating these images for you, as well as um, the post-editing time that we've done after the fact. So all these things are a laborious process that come with a cost. Sure. That cost happens to be attached to the digital files. That's why they're priced at the investment that they're priced at. Okay. Okay. So let's say I get that. Okay, sure. Okay. But what about like um, afterwards? I've come in, I've seen all the images, and I maybe there's one that I haven't purchased but I would just love to like, I'd love to share it through an email or like on Facebook. Just like, could I get a low res file of it? You can put your watermark on it. I'll shout your praise. I'll share, I'll share it everywhere. And I'll say, Julia Calhoun is the best. Jewel Images is the best. Like just that one image. 
unfortunately, um, you're welcome to come back to the studio to do an additional ordering appointment so we can you know, increase images and add more to your order. But since that image has not been paid for, unfortunately, we can't release it outside the studio. But if you'd like to come back, an additional ordering appointment is a $100 fee to reserve another two-hour block of our time for the ordering appointment. Mm -hmm. And we'll be happy to add on to your order and, and um, you add additional things that you like. Please keep in mind there's a $250 minimum to do additional orders. That's it. And they yeah. usually go, no, sorry. Do I lose a sale? Yeah. yeah. Do I care? Nope. Yeah. Because they need to understand that there's a line in the sand yeah. that has to be drawn. The biggest objection I get is when people come here and they go, oh my God, I'm too overwhelmed. I can't decide. They're like looking at the screen and going, "Yeah, I don't know what to pick. Can we go home and think about it and come back? Yep. That's the biggest objection I get. And I get it probably 75% of the time. So what do you say? Of course you can. <laughs> There's a $100 fee for an additional ordering appointment. Your session fee included this appointment, the session, and the post-processing of your images. If you'd like an additional appointment, I have time next Friday. We can charge your card for the $100 fee for that, and we'll get you on the calendar to come back. Okay. So Happy to do it, but you got to pay for my time. Yeah. What if they ask, though, to like, well, that sounds great. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. but um, is there a way for me to like see these images so I can have them in my mind and think about what I want to do with them? I would be more than happy to print out a piece of paper of the thumbnails mm. from ProSelect, because I use ProSelect. Yeah. I'd be happy to you know print out a, a picture of the thumbnails so they idea. can take that home, but unfortunately we can't release any images online. It's just too easy in this day and age to right click. Yeah. This is what I tell my clients. Yeah. Um, and so you know no image can actually leave the studio digitally until we receive yeah. payment. Now. On the really tough ones, yeah. what I'll say is, if you make a minimum collection order, we'd be happy to put the images online so you can, you know, look at them. Mm -hmm. But they have to give me money. Sure. Does that make sense? And and once in a rare blue moon, like once every other year, that happens. Someone will say, we can't decide. We don't know what we want to do. We want to come back and place an additional order. Great. Here's your hundred dollar fee to do that. Um, can you put the images online? We'll do a minimum collection order so we can do that. Great. Happy to do that. Yeah. But the reason I hate that is because I have a workflow. Everybody's in, a, in an order, in a conveyor belt line of how they come through the studio. If the order is placed here, they're gonna get their product within seven days. It's a quick and dirty, I mean, everything just flows. Yeah. If they wanna come back for an additional ordering appointment, see images online, this is back and forth BS, then it's like they fall out of line. Yeah. And then it makes my life more difficult because they're out of order. Does that make sense? Sure. And so um, it just makes it more time consuming and things, the ball gets dropped on stuff. My system is out of whack yeah. with that particular client. So that's why it frustrates me. Will I do it? Yeah, but I do anything in my power to avoid it because it breaks the system and then I have to deal with that client who's kind of hanging out here while everybody else is on the conveyor belt. Yeah, this is all really awesome information. And I feel like Thanks. it's fresh information too. Like there's, there's a lot of ideas just kind of like floating around oh, yeah. in the education world with, with photography. And this is this is great, but I want to hear even about like some uh, some services, um, some products that you use to like bring this to light. Like, is there are there any like unknown or not necessarily unknown, but like little wish, secret places I find things. Yeah, little secret places. <laughs> even just like my God, like how do how does not everybody use this? Like this thing, like helps me so much. Why isn't everybody using it? Do you know what I mean? Um, like products service. and things I use in my studio. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, or, um, uh, products, services, applications, software, hardware, yeah, like okay. anything that you feel like, whoa, this okay. is really great for what we do. Okay. Stupid simple. A freaking gray card. 
Custom yeah. white balancing. Yeah. I use the PhotoVision three-color target. The It's a PhotoVision target. It's, it's like $40 piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. And it has a white stripe, a gray stripe, a, a true 18% gray stripe, and black on it. And that thing custom white balances my camera, and I never have to touch my color temperature in RAW. It yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. That thing alone saved me so much time. I'm sure. like, why is everybody not using custom white balance? Yeah. I mean, I see photographers on auto white balance, and I freaking want to go shoot them. You know, it's like, yeah. don't do that. That's You have no idea what that's doing to your images. And so just that alone was huge. I mean, it's such a small thing, but it's amazing how the little things add up. I'm totally with you. Have you ever tried an Expo disc? I have one. I haven't. I've tried it yeah. many years ago, but it's been sitting. Maybe you'll have to teach me how to it's use it. It's so cool. Yeah. Is it really? It's, but it's like it's doing exactly what you're already doing. Okay. So, but it's just a different way to get to it. Dude, when we come on, you got to teach me how to do that. Yeah. It's really <laughs> great. So, uh, great card for you. It's awesome for yeah. like baby's controlled environment. Expo is exactly. really great uh, as a wedding photographer when I'm running gun for outside. Yes, uh, outside, inside, wherever. Okay. But I can just do it very quickly on this on the fly. Oh, cool! And I don't I need have to, to like have somebody like hold it or like it's just very it's very fast. I need to know that. So you have to help me with that one. But honestly, your workflow is probably like it's probably squeaky clean. Okay. Well, anything else? <laughs> what else? What else? Okay. Um, for me, it's ProSelect. Okay. ProSelect. It's it's huge, and I'm, I've been yeah. using, and I'm I am not paid by the company at all. Yeah. Um, just a caveat there, because some sure. people ask that. Um, I've been using ProSelect since 2007, and if people ask, I've had one person ask me once, if you were stuck on a desert island, what one piece of software would you have? ProSelect. Yeah. Even more so than Photoshop. Yeah. Like that's how much money it makes me on a daily basis. Um, our average sale is $1,100 for a newborn session, and that's $1,000 was like my happy place. I'm in a small small market, so my yeah. my average is lower than most. Um, you know, most really successful photographers, but we shoot about 10 to 12 sessions a month and that's kind of our our number so and I like it that small because we're, because of the art we're producing but without pro select I would never be at that average I am at yeah um, in-person sales so the key thing you can do for for making a bigger average mm -hmm. I mean just by learning how to get in the chair with somebody and talk to them even if you're doing paper proofs you know even if you're just doing this with your client yeah. Yeah. is way better than doing sales online. Mm -hmm. That right there will change your business. Yep. I guarantee it. Like I can literally say to photographers out there and guarantee if you meet with your client in person, even with paper proofs, you're gonna make more money than if you sell online. Absolutely. Simple, period, end of, end of statement. Yeah. Um, what else? I'm gonna, uh, a couple thoughts that I have there. Like, uh, the people are always telling me like, how do I like, how do I increase my prices? How do I like make more money? And I don't necessarily think the answer is increase your prices, it's increase your revenue through like strategic pricing, through in-person yes. sales, through like just intentional uh, yeah. like post. You know? Oh yeah. That's, pricing yeah. is, I always say it's an art and a science. Yep. The science of course is like what they're talking about, meeting the cost of goods. You know, like making sure you're charging enough for that specific product based on what you have to pay for that product. Yeah. But the art of pricing is putting all those products and things together yeah. to entice your client to want to spend mm -hmm. at the level that you need them to, to spend at. Yes, absolutely. So like $1,000 is my cutoff point. Let me tell you, my pricing is structured so that 1000 bucks looks like the best deal on the planet. Yeah. That's where people want to buy. Yeah. And so many photographers make the mistake where they'll structure different packages and the lowest package will have like all the good stuff in it. Yes. Like, what are you thinking? Don't put the good stuff <laughs> yeah. in the low package. Up, yeah. What does good stuff mean? Good stuff means things clients want. Yep. Digital files, gift prints. Yep. 
don't you dare put that stuff in the lowest package. That needs to be up high, so they'll have to spend more to get it. Yeah. And that's the art of pricing, is getting clients, incentivizing them to spend more based on the structure of your pricing. Have you ever read Robert Caldini's Influence? I have not. Oh my gosh. Is it good? It will, Ooh. Yeah. It's so, that I've read it like four times. Have you really? <laughs> oh, it's so good. It gets me giddy thinking about it. <laughs> Anyhow, you should totally check it out. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh and I then Studio Cloud. Honestly, Studio Cloud is a huge, awesome piece of software. So client management? It's a studio management. Okay, yeah. And guess what? It's free. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's and I know that people will say, "What's the catch?" Yeah. Um. It's only you only need to pay for it when you need its more robust features, mm -hmm. and you won't need its more robust features until your studio is at the place, like several years into it, where you're yeah. really pulling in revenue and making money. And you have like an established studio here. Yeah. Like, and, and I you still are just using the... I did, I, they, I, I have the paid version now because I have people who work with me. Okay, sure. But if you don't have employees, yeah. um, when I first started using Studio Cloud for an entire, and I was, that was only two years ago. Yeah. I used it for an entire year without paying for it. Yeah. So, and I was an established studio at that point. So you can use it for free as a fairly established studio for a while before you need to upgrade to the paid version. And you might never need to upgrade to the paid version. And you ask yourself, okay, well, how is this, how is this thing making money? How, you know, how are they profiting? Well, they're doing it with the big studios who need the, the paid versions. Yeah. But they also have little services that you can take advantage of or not. It's, com it's a studio management system, client management, schedule management, book, financial management, all kind of management for your studio is in this software. But it's, it's, the paid features come in like it has a text messaging feature where you can like text your clients and remind them that they have an appointment the next day with you. Yeah. And so you pay like four cents a text. Yeah. So that kind of thing, little stuff, is where sure. they make a little bit of income. But overall, the, almost the entire piece of software is free. Yeah. And it integrates with ProSelect, which I love. You know, for me, that's useful for not everybody, but that would be. But any kind of studio management software that's going to keep you organized yeah. is a huge asset yeah, to you. Yeah. And are they a bear to set up and kind of get through and learn? Of course. Yeah. But once you get it, it'll be the key to your success, or yeah. one of the keys, I should say. Totally agree. I used to be on ChewQ, and yeah. then I switched just because of user interface. Yeah. Can't stand old yeah. user interfaces. Anyhow, I think they're doing an update. I hope so. Uh, but I switched to Tave. Yeah. Tave has you a like new Tave? Tave for, yeah. It's really great. And awesome. I'm, I'm a sucker for just like great people. They you know, people. I, I am too. But, and the other thing too is it's really important to research. You do weddings. Yeah. You have a completely different workflow than Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And Tave is amazing for wedding shooters. Yeah. It's, it, I didn't find that it was as, um, the features weren't there that I wanted for mm -hmm. being a portrait photographer. Yeah. Doesn't mean it doesn't work for portrait photography. It just means it wasn't what I needed. But yeah. explore the different ones out there. There's tons of different ones. And, you know, you'll find the one that, that works for you. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. I so appreciate your time. I've loved hanging out with you here in Bend. This is so I, fun. This I'm, guy's amazing, by oh, the way. Wow. He's really good <laughs> at what he does. He was teaching us video production the last two days and um, shooting our promo video here yeah. for the studio, which I'm so excited to, to see. Yeah. And I was just I in awe going, this guy knows so much. <laughs> this guy knows so much. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. You're, very, you're just so good at what you do. Thank you. Well, where can our audience find you? 
Um, you can go, we have a couple, the main site is jewel-images.com, yeah. so jewel like a piece of jewelry. We're on Facebook, of course, huge Facebook following, and that's where we do a lot of our current knowledge and information. Mm -hmm. We're currently revamping our education site, so eventually it'll be jewel-education.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have tons of online offerings, hence the reason you were here to teach us videos. Yeah. So we're going to be doing a lot more video courses and training and stuff like that and have resources for photographers. You, know, you and I both, both teach. and. People always ask me, you know, why are you such an open book? Why are you willing to share all this information? And sometimes I question my own why I do. But <laughs> um, why am I doing this? Why again? am I doing this again? Why am I helping you be better than me? <laughs> I think you know. Yeah, I think it comes. It's, and it's such a cool feeling when one of your students ex excels above yeah. what you're doing. It's in a strange, like sadistic, weird way that is so rewarding. And I think it's a matter. And I know you believe the same way. It's about lifting the industry up and what comes around goes around and the more you give the more you get and I find that I learn just as much from teaching as I do from being a student and I think that's teachers out there who are really devoted and passionate about it all say the same thing to me the more you teach the more you know and the more you love and so that's I think what ultimately it comes down to so thanks for being here we yeah, love having you definitely. it was awesome super so jewelimages.com mm -hmm. jewel-education yeah jewel-images.com yeah. and jewel-education.com awesome is cool. the way to go so thanks. yeah fantastic and you actually brought up just a couple quick things here you brought up um having an online phone script you brought up um a questionnaire yeah do you provide any of that stuff do you sell oh that yeah stuff? oh yeah it's yeah, all it it's all in our shop so you yeah. can go in there and we just sell templates and business tools for photographers to Very help cool. them at least get a launching off point yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So. We'll see. Well, thanks, thanks Ben. For You're awesome. Rock on. <laughs> High five. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. <laughs> Can I grow water? We could do a blooper reel. Oh, we should do that. <laughs> 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 Did you watch the season of The Bachelorette? No, you no, watched no. The Bachelorette? No, I was just kidding. <laughs> Why would I ask that? I didn't. I'm going to have a minute. I'm going to go. <laughs> bye. <laughs>